Welcome to PNCC Speak, the language of executives. I'm Carol Daniel here with Michael Scully, regional president of PNC. Each podcast features local and regional C-level executives talking about relevant and timely business topics. This knowledge-sharing platform provides insights on forward-thinking business approaches that disrupt the status quo and encourage business leaders to think differently. Today, Mike and I are pleased to welcome Gus Fauché, chief economist of the PNC Financial Services Group. Gus, welcome in. Thank you very much, Carol. Let us set the table first before we dive into the appetizers and the entree, okay? What does a chief economist do in the first place? Uh, what I do is I provide an economic outlook for PNC. So uh, we use that in our planning. We use that to figure out what's going to happen with our businesses. We use that to figure out how much we can pay uh, out in dividends to our shareholders. So uh, I do that. And then I also go and talk to various organizations, talk to the media about what the economic outlook is, talk with PNC clients. What are some of the data points, if you will, or and or organizations. Are you talking to the Federal Reserve? Are you uh, Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis, for instance? Uh, yes, we talk with the regional feds. Uh, we talk with the Fed Board of Governors. Uh, we talk with business leaders. We talk with community groups. Uh, so we're going out into the community throughout the PNC footprint and discussing what the economic outlook is and then uh, figuring out, talking with them about what they're seeing with their businesses and organizations. Gus, a word you haven't heard uh, of late is tariffs. You know, when you take economics in college, it's impressed upon you that tariffs are nothing but a tax on yourself. We extracted all these tariffs in the prior administration, which have remained. To what extent do you think that is one of the main causes of the inflation we're now seeing? Uh, that is a cause of inflation. I don't think it's the major cause. Certainly for many imported goods, it has raised prices. Uh, we could reduce inflation somewhat by uh, eliminating those tariffs. But the inflation that we're seeing in the United States economy is broader. It's occurring throughout all sorts of goods, throughout all sorts of services. Basically, we've had very strong demand coming out of the pandemic. Uh, the economy hasn't been able to keep up with that strong demand. And that's why we're seeing high inflation in many of the goods and services that we buy every day. And there's this this thought, too, that the Federal Reserve may have caused it, did not act soon enough to correct it. Talk about that. Yeah. So, I mean, hindsight is 2020, of course. I mean, the Fed kept interest rates very low in 2020 and 2021 as we were recovering from the pandemic. We've had a very strong economic recovery from the pandemic. Employment nationally is now above its pre-pandemic level. GDP is above its pre-pandemic level. That's good, but it has taken time for the productive side of the economy to catch up with that very strong demand that we're experiencing. And so the Fed is raising interest rates now in an effort to cool off economic growth and slow inflation. Um, did the Fed, should they have started to raise rates uh, sooner? I think the answer to that is yes, in hindsight. But on the other hand, we have had a very strong recovery, and certainly that is very good news. For example, we've had you know the lowest unemployment rate in 50 years, very strong labor market. And so you know that is a good thing, but it has created inflationary pressures in the U.S. economy. So, Gus, you mentioned labor. This is on the minds of virtually every one of our clients. Uh, very few industries have been immune to labor challenges. 
How close are we to having a labor force that has recovered from the pandemic? Um, we still have a structurally tighter labor force now than we did before the pandemic. Uh, we had a number of people drop out of the labor force. So we had parents of young children. We had people who were approaching retirement age. We had people who were concerned about uh, catching the coronavirus or spreading it to family members. Some of those people have come back into the labor market. Others have stayed out permanently, and they're probably not coming back at to the labor market. Uh, and that has resulted in a structurally tighter labor force. And we see that in particular in the St. Louis area where the unemployment rate is around two and a half percent or so. So it's, you know, many employers report that they're having difficulty in finding workers. We're seeing strong wage growth as businesses bid up pay rates. That is contributing to that high inflation. And I think that this is going to be a permanent shift in the labor market. I think we've seen the balance of power shift somewhat from employers to employers. And I think that that's going to persist post-pandemic, uh, even as the economy continues to recover. Are you telling me that I will permanently go to a restaurant and they will permanently not have enough servers and cooks and chefs and everything? I, I think that that's likely to persist. We've seen a big shift out of employment in what we call leisure hospitality services. So I think, for example, you're not, you know, where hotels, they used to clean your room every day. Right. That is not going to be the case going forward. Uh, we've seen a lot of restaurants cut back on their hours or close an extra day a week. I think that is going to persist over the longer run, given the, the tightness in the labor market that I think will be a permanent feature of the post-pandemic economy. I'm curious, too, when we talk about women dropping out of the workforce, policy has not caught up with why that happened, it seems to me. That's right. And, and obviously, we've had issues in the child care industry. Uh, that is an, an industry where some people have moved out of child care into other industries. Uh, work you know, tends to be low paying. Uh, and so many of those people have moved into other jobs in other industries. And so we're seeing a shortage of child care out there. And that is causing a problem, particularly for uh, mothers, fathers of young children. So, Gus, if it's not recession, it's inflation that's on the tip of everyone's tongue. It remains a major downside risk. First of all, do you see that changing in 2023? Uh, I think we will see slower inflation in 2023, but it is going to remain high. Uh, we have seen energy prices come down, and certainly that is providing some relief to consumers. Uh, but there are still areas where inflation remains high. Food inflation remains high. Broadly in services, uh, we see high inflation there. I do think that with the Federal Reserve raising interest rates, we are starting to see slower economic growth that will reduce inflationary pressures in in the U.S. economy, but it's going to be a long process, and I don't expect to see inflation get back to that 2% that the Federal Reserve is looking for probably until sometime in the first half of 2024. I was in a big box retailer recently, won't mention the name. I waited in line. I could not find a shopping cart. I've been fascinated by consumer spending. When you talk about demand, we're talking about consumer spending um, in part. When you look at the Federal Reserve pushing interest rates higher and higher, one wonders when will that begin to, and I think it's happening now, impact consumers. Um, we're starting to see some impact of those higher interest rates. Uh, first of all, we're seeing it very dramatically in the housing market. Right. So it's become much more expensive to buy a home, both with the price increases that we've seen over the past couple of years, but also higher mortgage rates. And so, for example, we've seen sales of existing homes fall by from a, by about 30 percent from earlier this year. We've seen housing starts fall. So we're starting to see reduced construction activity. And then more generally with consumer spending, I think what we're going to see is, and we are 
starting to see this, is consumer spending growth is shifting from goods to services. So we bought a lot of goods as consumers coming out of the pandemic, in part because we couldn't do services. Uh, But as the economy continues to grow, as higher rates weigh on uh, economic growth, what we're going to see is consumers will be buying more on the services side and less on the goods side. So that should help reduce some of that inflationary pressure that we see in goods prices in particular. So I think our listeners would be interested in you connecting the dots, the dots being rates to inflation to recession. How does that mechanism work And why has it worked in the past? Uh, So what happens is, is the Federal Reserve raises interest rates, and we we are seeing that now. We've seen both short-term and long-term interest rates increase in the U.S. economy in 2022. That reduces demand, particularly in interest rate-sensitive industries. So we talked about housing. If it's more expensive to buy a home, you're going to have fewer people buying homes. Uh, uh, You're going to see uh, a decline in housing starts. You're going to see fewer purchases of home-related goods. That slows overall economic growth in the U.S. economy, and that should hopefully cool off the labor market a bit, reduce wage pressures, and reduce inflationary pressures. What the Fed is trying to do is they're trying to raise interest rates by enough so that economic growth slows. The economy continues to expand, but it grows at a slower pace uh, without causing a recession, which is a contraction in economic activity. But oftentimes, the Fed will get it wrong. They'll raise rates too much. And we do get a recession. And that potential is out there. Uh, I think if we, if we do get a recession, it's probably likely to occur sometime in mid-2023. I think there's probably a 50-50 chance of recession at this point in the U.S. economy. Uh, you know, the, the, the risks are out there. Inflation is way too high. The Fed wants to put inflation back down, uh, push inflation back down to 2%. They're raising rates. The question is, can they raise rates enough to cool off economic growth and push inflation to 2% without pushing the economy into recession. Gus, you know me uh, perhaps to be an award-winning news anchor and reporter, but what you don't know about me is that I am an expert shopper. I could be a personal shopper in real life. Uh, When we talk about holiday shopping, this is make or break for a lot of retailers. Um, I was, again, in a store recently. I saw Christmas trees. I saw lots of decorations, lots of inventory, seemingly to the naked eye. Talk about this holiday shopping shopping season, as crucial as it is, are you seeing shifts already in consumer spending? Uh, we are starting to see those shifts. And I talked about the, the growth the shift away from goods towards services mm-hmm. that is taking place. Um, the good news for retailers is, is they do appear to have their inventory issues. They're, they're in better shape now. They have more inventory on hand. Uh, that should help uh, slow inflation. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think although we are seeing slower economic growth, the job market remains good, 3.5% unemployment rate nationally. Uh, We continue to see good job growth. And then also households in aggregate still have a lot of money saved up over the past couple of years. So even with that high inflation, I think this will be an okay holiday season. It probably won't be as good as we experienced in 2020, 2021 in terms of growth, but I still think that consumers will be able to increase their spending over last year and that retailers should see modest gains even after taking inflation into account. Gus, let's expand the conversation to include the global economy. I'm curious how that impacts uh, the U.S. economy and even 
maybe the local economy. Um, yeah. So we uh, the outlook for the global economy is, is is pretty soft, actually. So particularly in Europe, they're dealing with the fallout from the Russian invasion of Ukraine, restricted energy supplies, higher inflation in Europe than we have in the United States, higher inflation in the UK. I think it's quite likely that we see a recession in the UK. I think it's li- quite likely that we see a recession in the Eurozone. And that does weigh on U.S. economic activity. Uh, we've seen a very strong U.S. Dollar that makes U.S. exports more expensive. St. Louis is is a big exporter of goods and services uh, overseas. Uh, so I think it's likely that we'll see very weak global economic growth in 2023, and that will be a drag on the U.S. economy as and is and is a downside risk for the U.S. economic outlook next year. Gus, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. For our entire podcast with Gus, you can go to PNC C Speak, the language of executives.